0: You're listening to the audio podcast of The Weekly Message preached at Central United Methodist Church. We're located in the Ballston neighborhood of Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us on the web at cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation, where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all.
1: Good morning. Faith in action. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in half. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The word of God for the people of God.
0: Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and run the race marked out for us. The image that comes to mind here is a stadium filled with a cheering crowd. As the people on the field run the race that's marked out for them, they are surrounded by thousands and thousands of people cheering. Were any of you in a cheering crowd this week? A dear friend of mine took her teenage son to one of the Nats' home games, the one that was last Sunday night. She went because someone in their life who was like a grandfather to her son, had been diagnosed with cancer earlier this year. He was determined to live long enough to take her son to a World Series game, but sadly, he died last month. So my friend and her son went together. They remembered their friend and loved one who was there with them in spirit. Today, we celebrate all those who have died in faith, and who now cheer us on as we run the race of life. We are gathered here today because of the generations of faithful people before us. You can see some of the photos that I have pulled out of the closet to display today. The photo that is next to our baptismal font is one of the oldest ones we have from 1920. The people who were here at the very beginning of the life of Central United Methodist Church. There are some other photos, we have United Methodist Women, we have some of the folks who have entered ministry from the church and the painting of Cleveland who I still get mail for because he was a trustee for so long. <laughs> These people represent all of the ones who surround us when we gather around God's table and share in Holy Communion. There are stories are worth our time to read and to understand because they give us encouragement. If you read the history of our church that Kathy Hicks wrote to celebrate the anniversary that this church had just a few years ago, you'll hear a story of a group of people who were faithful and who had to work very hard to save up money for the land that they wanted to expand. They worked very hard to pay for the building. They had to constantly lean into their faith to do what God had called them to do to expand God's kingdom in this place. So when I refer to all of these as saints, I don't talk about them because they were perfect people. I'm talking about real people who loved God with their whole heart, mind, and soul. That's it. Those are the saints that we celebrate. In our opening hymn today, we had the line, and I mean to be one, too. You can meet them in school, on the street, in the store, in church, by the sea, in the house next door. They are saints of God, whether rich or poor, and I mean to be one, too. Almost a hundred years ago, a woman named Mrs. Scott lived in England, and she wrote some songs for her children to teach them about God. With this song, she wanted her children to know that saints are not just fancy people who have statues in churches. Saints are regular people, like you and like me. So if saints are just regular people, then what makes a person a saint? When a person embraces the life of Christ and follows him the way that we live, with our whole heart, mind, and soul dedicated for God. So it doesn't matter if you're a preacher preaching the good news If you're a doctor helping the sick, if you're a waiter serving in a restaurant, if you're a gardener cutting the grass, if you do whatever God has called you to do in life with all the love that you have for God and for your neighbor, that makes you a saint. There's an Episcopal church in California that has embraced this wider idea of what it means to be a saint. And they hired a painter who created this incredible mural on the ceiling of their worship space. It has over 90 people that they call the dancing saints. If you look at the front of your worship guide, the dark blue cover with Jesus dancing on the front, you look at this, you can see Jesus leading the dance, as Lord of the dance, and he's surrounded by just a few of the 90 people. The one in green, Who do you think that might be? Any guesses? St. Patrick. St. Patrick of Ireland. Now, the one in blue and orange, you probably won't guess because I didn't know anything about him until I visited this church. That's St. Gregory of Nyssa, for whom this church is named. Next to him is his wife. And then the other folks who are surrounding him are not people who have been canonized by the church, they are people who lived their lives with loving God, with their whole heart, mind, and strength, doing what God had called them to do in this life. So throughout this month, we are going to hear stories of people who are saints of God. The image that you see on the screen this morning is of a woman from the fourth century. She's an anonymous washerwoman. So we don't actually know what she looked like, We don't know what her name was, but this is why she was selected to be one of the 90 saints. To the Desert Fathers and Mothers, the founders of monasticism in the fourth and fifth century, an anonymous, ordinary woman, praying ceaselessly at her work, represents the holiness of all that is ordinary and routine. An anonymous, ordinary woman Praying ceaselessly at her work represents the holiness of all that is ordinary and routine. Do you feel holy when you do laundry? I usually don't. A monk named Brother Lawrence wrote a book called The Practice of the Presence of God, and in his reflections, this man talked about experiencing the presence of God in tasks as mundane as washing dishes. One of his most famous sayings refers to the time spent in the kitchen. He wrote, The time of business does not interfere with me. It is not different from a time of prayer. In the noise and clatter of my kitchen, while several persons are calling for different things, I possess God in as great tranquility as if I were praying before the blessed sacrament. Brother Lawrence found a way into God's presence while doing dishes. The anonymous washerwoman prayed ceaselessly as she did laundry. It is about inviting God into every ordinary moment of our day. It is about embracing the joy of following Jesus no matter where we are and no matter what we're doing. Said Brother Lawrence, quote, We ought not to be weary of doing little things for the love of God, who regards not the greatness of the work, but the love with which it is performed, end quote. So maybe next time I do laundry, I will do that work with great love. Love for my spouse as I fold his clothes, love for my sister who slept in our guest bed when our dog was sick and couldn't be left alone, Love for God when I hang my clerical shirts that I wear as a sign of my ordination. It doesn't matter what the task is, but if we do it with great love, it can lead us into the presence of God. For those generations of saints washing those dishes, whether it be by hand or in the dishwasher, they did that with love for the community of faith here at Central. When you do whatever task God has before you in life, no matter how mundane that, if it's done with great love, can lead you into the presence of God. And maybe when I'm feeling tired and not full of love while I'm doing laundry, maybe if I'm really quiet, God will let me hear the voice of that fourth-century washerwoman cheering me on. Or maybe as I go home today to do the dishes, I'll feel that encouragement of Brother Lawrence there in the stadium cheering me on because they are now in this great cloud of witnesses cheering us on as we run the race of our life. Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor has said, we have a need to remember those who have died, to acknowledge the gulf between the living and the dead, but also to reach across it and to recognize those who have gone before us, and who we are certain to follow. The, letter, the writer to the letter of Hebrews remembers and recognizes that need. He is writing to people who needed some connection to and encouragement from the ones who had gone before them. The people who had lived in faith, who had followed the covenant of God from one generation to the next, They were the source of encouragement for the people there. He was writing to them to remember the ancients and to draw courage and strength from their stories. You only heard a small portion of this section of scripture, but it lists so many people. Remember Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Samson and David. We are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. To be part of this cloud doesn't mean you're perfect but it means that you were faithful. We look to them to encourage us as we run our race of life. So maybe when you're tired and struggling and quarreling with family, you may feel like you want to quit running your race. But there is Abel cheering you on, saying, I know it's hard, but keep going. My brother hated me. But Christ was faithful to me and brought me to the end of my race. Keep going. Maybe you're exhausted from all the evil of this world and it's pressing down upon you. But there is Noah saying, don't stop. The evil of this world is nothing new. God is faithful to us. Keep going. Run your race. Maybe you're feeling discouraged because you want to have kids but you can't. And there is Sarah saying, I know your pain and heartache. Keep running. God is faithful. Maybe you're afraid of your enemies. And there are people who crossed the Red Sea and walked on dry land who encourage you to keep walking and following God. Or maybe you've committed some sin that has you filled with shame and guilt and regret. And there is David telling you that God offers forgiveness to keep turning back to God and being faithful. We find encouragement from these saints, not because of their perfection, but because of their faith. And if faith is an endurance race, we do not run alone. We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on everyday saints, from beloved spouses and dear friends to detested enemies and disavowed parents. And there, with a sweatband of thorns and a dusty pair of sandals, is Jesus. He has been running this race with us since the very beginning. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And he runs alongside us until we reach the end of the race that he has set before us. So as we remember those who have gone before us, let us remember there are others who look to us, who look to our faith, who look to us as we look to Jesus. So I encourage you this week to celebrate the ones in your life who were faithful to you, who told you about the love of God, who showed you by the way that they lived, and encourage you to look to Jesus, remembering that they are those today who look to you to see how you run your race. We don't run alone. Jesus is there running with us, and we have thousands upon thousands in the stadium cheering us on. So brothers and sisters and siblings in Christ, let us not tire, but let us look to Jesus and run with endurance. Thanks be to God.